0: hello and a warm welcome to living fabulously with bev the mission for this show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines and exploration of topics that underpin well-being if you want to take control of your well-being and prioritize yourself then this is the podcast for you i want you to feel calm nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. Do you have a chronic illness and are overwhelmed with advice or conflicting information? My book, Hope in a Dark Tunnel, gives you actionable steps to create your path back to well-being and positivity, hope and resilience without false promises. Head to www.hopeinadarktunnel.com. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together.
1: Hello and welcome. It's Bev. And today my guest is Tom Corner. Welcome to you, Tom.
2: Hi, Bev. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
1: And so, Tom, I'd love you to tell everybody what it is that you do and what who you are, really.
2: Uh, wonderful. Thank you. Uh, my name is Tom Corner. I am based on the eastern part of the United States. And uh, I am an author and inspirational or motivational speaker and I've published five books so far and and the theme around all of them Bev are are really about life lessons and and how to overcome doubt and challenges and issues that we're faced with.
1: So we're in safe hands today everyone. We're going to be talking about you know one of Tom's books but as you heard, he's actually written for others so and I'm sure there's some more in the bag there so tom let's talk about your journey to here
2: uh, well my wow my journey it is absolutely a journey and it's been continues to be a fascinating one and I'm blessed to have opportunities to speak with with you and and share my story with the world uh the the journey started about uh, geez, what year? Four or five years ago, and I published my first children's book. It was something that I wanted to do for a long time, and I didn't because I didn't know what I wanted to publish, and quite frankly, I carried a lot of doubt and fear. and And I published it, and it was a children's book. And I published it because I wanted to. I was finding that there are things in life that that we believe we can't accomplish or overcome, but actually we can. And what prevents us from doing that is really our mind and our thoughts. And I published this first book. It's called, the timing of this is ideal too. It's called list for Santa list for life. And it's about this little girl named Kylie based off of me and my daughters and how she's, the first time she ever wrote down a business plan or a list of goals was her Christmas list. So anybody think about that, the first time you ever wrote down your first goal was a holiday list. So that's the theme, right? And she, and it's because I wrote business plans for my, the career I was in, and they're the same thing. But I was afraid to write my goals down because once they were written down They were officially written down, and and if I didn't attain my goals, I was a failure in my mind, (laughs) right? And so I wrote that book just to help people understand that the more you keep something in front of you and visualize it and recite it in your head, the more likely you will actually achieve whatever it is you want to do. But most people don't stay with it, and they stop. So that was the beginning. And then now five books later, I've written about my life experiences, my life experience, my wife's life experience, and it's a vulnerable place, but I wrote it because I wanted other people to know that it's okay to be quote unquote vulnerable, to be loving because love is our strength.
1: And so Tom, why did you write your book, Mommy, Why Do You Have Two Birthdays?
2: So mommy, why do you have two birthdays is my fourth book and I published it actually at the same time I published my third children's book, life is fine when you're aligned. Mommy, why do you have two birthdays is my step into actually writing a book, not a children's illustrated book, but this is my wife's memoir and mommy, why do you have two birthdays was written to celebrate my wife, and to honor my wife and this is where like i said i get very emotional but to honor what she went through because she was diagnosed with stage four non-hodgkin lymphoma over geez 14 years ago it was december 12th of 2003 and and in the opening of the book of course i have one here with me but what i what i tell the reader is you take the book And if you lay it flat and hold it up to your chest, that's about the width of the mass that was in my wife's chest at the time. And so I wrote it because I I didn't know this at the time. I needed to write it. I wrote the book because I was more afraid than she was. And I wrote this 13, 14 years after she went through what she went through. And I wrote it, and I didn't know this at the time, it was therapeutic for me and very cathartic because I needed to accept it. And I needed to make peace with it. Mm. And I did. And I also wrote it because I wanted to honor anybody else who's been touched by this disease, which it's more people than you would like to admit. Um, and the other thing, too, is I wrote this from love. If you read the book, all throughout the book is love. It's overly positive because our society likes to, d- to delve into the negative. And I decided to just, I wrote it and I got the anger and the fear and the negativity out on the paper. And then I deleted it. And it hit the cutting floor because I didn't want to carry that. And I wanted to write it from a place of love and a place of understanding that we have a choice, that we can ask the right questions, and that we can triumph over any challenge that's presented to us in our in our life, whether it's mental, physical, whatever it may be. That's so powerful. So
1: you mentioned some of what was going on internally for you, but how did you make sense of that at the time, 14 years ago?
2: Well, the interesting thing is that at the time when it happened, Bev, it was just my wife and I, and that's what's the miracle about this is we have three daughters, which medically we shouldn't because of how extensive her treatments were and the devastation it puts on the body. And that what it does to the body, it, it could create early onset menopause, infertility, all these side effects. So my wife and I were living in Arizona. It was the two of us. We were in our early thirties. We had the whole world ahead of us. We had, she had a great career. We got to travel. It was Arizona. The sun's always shining. And, um, and I reflect this in the book, it was one of those things Bev, where she had a hard time breathing. And this happened actually on a cruise when her brother was getting married. And she was talking to her future sister-in-law who happens to be a nurse, saying, I'm just having a hard time breathing. And her sister-in-law said, well, you should just probably go to the doctor. The mindset of someone at 30 or, or anybody is, I don't want to waste the time to go to a doctor and take the time out of my day. I have to change my schedule and mess my whole life up because I'll go to the doctor and this is just what you think. And they're just gonna take an aspirin and and go home. And we came back from the cruise and I urged her to go to the doctor and we did. And we thought that she maybe had valley fever, which is like the flu in Arizona. And after that, they suggested, X-ray, and then a CAT scan, and then a blood test, and this is December twelfth. This is right before the holidays, and our whole the breaks went on in our life because we found out that she had stage four of l- lymphoma, which we didn't know what that meant. We had no idea that that was cancer. Not many people do, and so that was our ignorance <laughs> that. We didn't understand what lymph was. And then he said, cancer. And then our hearts dropped and our whole world changed. So it was one of those things, Bev, that we didn't have time to think. So we did, it wasn't all right, oh man, this stinks, this is awful, it's the end of the world. We had to basically take it from there and we had to find an answer and I wrote it because we got no after no after no from doctor upon doctor saying there was nothing she could do. They couldn't do anything for her. And we weren't going to give up. And I wrote it because people need to understand that it's okay to, to change from a loving way a doctor's opinion or lack of an opinion and go somewhere else because what we also realize is our body is a miracle, and we think that, okay, here's my diagnosis, and here's your treatment, and that's it. It's cookie cutter, it's not. And our all even though we're so we're all the same, we're very different. And we realized that, wow, there isn't one, one no doesn't mean the whole world says no. that every doctor looks at it differently. If you don't understand that, it could be the scariest thing in the world. And so we went from doctor to doctor with, oh, nothing we could do until until we fe- found this guy, Dr. B, B-I. We just knew this guy was sent from somewhere and we knew he was going to, he was going to find a cure for her. And this guy gave us everything. He's sending us transcripts from conferences, audio recordings from medical conferences, FOMA. And for us, it might as well have been, in a, have been in a different language because it's all medical lingo and we didn't know, but we knew he knew. And we knew this guy was going to fix it. And we even went to one of the most highly regarded oncologists in the country. And he didn't agree with his treatment. (laughs) And so it was amazing because you're looking for someone to give you the answer and there isn't. You've got to believe. And we stuck with this guy and it was amazing. And so I captured the journey of what we went through and how he was right there by our side the entire time.
1: What an amazing doctor.
2: <laughs> yeah, he is. And some of it's comical. Maybe <laughs> you have to read the book. Some of it's kind of funny when you look back on it. But at the time, what we had to do.
1: I guess you said it's it completely changed your life. So when you're in that sort of zone of sickness, it's all consuming with tests and treatments and all of those sort of things. Yes. But what were some of the things that made you as a couple resilient? What you know, what kept you looking up and forward to that healing?
2: I it, it, like I said, it was just something Bev that we had to do. I don't know if it, it really was all my wife. And um, Last year, this time, Thanksgiving, we were interviewed by Fox 29 News in Philadelphia. And Lauren Johnson came to our house and interviewed us. And my wife said, well, what am I going to say? And I just said, just tell her what happened and just answer her questions, it's fine. And so I just said, well, my, you know, if she asks you what happened, what are you going to say? And she looked at me across the table and she goes, I knew I was never gonna die. And I said, that's it, that's it. I don't. You don't need an interview. You say those words, the interview's over. Like she knew, my wife knew, she told herself that she would triumph over that. That's it. There was no other question. So she had that strength inside and she told herself that and she did it. Even though that all this was going on and all these no's and her life was on the line. She said, I'm not ready to die. <laughs> and so that her strength and fortitude is what did it. I didn't think about it. I just knew that, that this is what had to be done. And we were putting our faith in Dr. B for what he was going to do. And we, she went and she became what I call a chemo commuter. She would do chemotherapy and we'd drive down there every day. And then eventually beats the heck out of your body, and then you have to stay in the hospital because you can't go out, and it destroys your body. So then I just capture her being in the hospital and that and the journey there and all that was going on and also my perspective. But it was just something, Bev, that that uh, there was no fear. I don't know if it's naive or just, hey, this is what needs to be done, but we just did it put our heads down and did it. Now, there was so much love there that people flew across the country, people came across the street to help out, which was also a blessing because that helped so much is all the love. And for those people that couldn't make it, I would send out whether it was a daily or weekly email to everybody letting them know what was going on. And it's funny because when I wrote the book, and I wish I had those emails, People would say at the time, but they said your email your emails were so empowering that I always thought you should have been a writer. And here I am, I'm a writer. <laughs>
1: Wonderful. Fourteen years on, you've got three beautiful children. When we have something like that, so sort of changing the trajectory of our lives. How do you go about living a full life now? You know, you obviously taking each day and living it to the full. What are some of the things that you do to live a full life now?
2: For me, I, I write because writing for me is, is very, very, it's, it's, it's releasing for me um, and, and it's therapeutic for me and helps me understand who I am and my path and I think I do it because I want other people to know how to find their path. We're blessed and fortunate that we have loving family that's been there all along and still to this day to support us and be there. And we just went about our lives. It was, it was difficult for my wife to continue her career. And so she decided to become the CEO of our household when we had our first daughter and she's never looked back. She has no regrets and she loves it. Now the other part too is because of what she went through and her fortitude she also became a certified nutritionist because she wanted to find out why did this happen why did it happen and how do i make sure i i ensure that i have longevity and this doesn't happen again so she became a certified nutritionist and we completely changed our diets and i i didn't have to but i've always been fascinated with the body and nutrition And she was the catalyst for me. And I completely changed my diet and my whole life transformed my body transformed my, I, I, my body just the toxins left. And I changed my diet and I stopped eating and drinking all these things that create disease and illness because whether people want to believe it or not, all these diseases don't have to exist if we, cleanse our mind and we cleanse our body these diseases won't happen but that's just something that people won't believe it until they see it but it's true so we've cleansed our bodies she cleansed her body and we have a a water ionizer we drink ionized water with the right ph we drink powdered greens we've been doing this for years she tries to juice every day and I I mean, my energy level changed. I never would feel sleepy after lunch. Most people do because of the food that they put in their body. So it's been amazing. Physically, I've transformed, she's transformed herself. Now, the other part is having kids for a woman is just completely messes your body up. And so for her, what she went through before and having three kids is hard on her body and it's and then you have kids and they don't want to eat right so it's really challenging to still do that juice and eat the right things while the kids want a hot dog and and all that (laughs) stuff and they can but we're leaving the right path for them to see that wow this is what mom and dad are doing they've always juiced and have they drink lots of water they're not going to do it. Now they're kids, but they'll remember that when they're older and they'll probably come back in line and start doing what we're doing. And by the time they're older, probably most of the world will be doing it too.
1: Yeah. And it's a good point that you make, you know, about the course of disease and there's a whole set of institutions set up to cater for those things, but there's less to cater for like your path of using nutrition to feed and heal the body. So, um, thank you for sharing that. That's really important for people to understand that yep. it's not that there's an uncontrolled destiny, that there is a statement, you are what you eat.
2: <laughs> yes. And
1: it's true. It really is true. Yes. So Tom, you know, what legacy did you want to leave with this book?
2: This book in particular, I just wanted to leave again, I wrote it from love and I wanted to share it with people who think they don't have a choice that they can ask the right questions, that they shouldn't doubt themselves and they can have the confidence to ask questions. We had to learn the hard way because my wife's life was on the line. But the legacy with my books is to help people, and I started writing for my children, so that they could find their meaning or purpose or their happiness in life 40 years before I did because I carried way too much fear and anger in my life, which is my next book I just published, but I wrote it and I write my books. And my legacy, I hope, is to basically show people that love is our strength. People think it's vulnerable, it's not. That's our strength. And if we can love ourselves and accept ourselves we have nothing to worry about because then we can accept the world and everybody in it and no longer be fearful. I hope that answers your question as far as my legacy. Yes, but... That's
1: absolutely <laughs> beautiful. That's really beautiful and powerful. Thank you for that. And so, you know, based on this journey, could you recommend an action? So, if somebody's listening and they're in that stage where maybe they've received a diagnosis or they're dealing with something in a treatment phase, What's one action that they could take to conquer some of that fear?
2: Um, well, with everything, try your, try your best to be aware of your thoughts, and that's just in everyday life. But if something hits you and you get a right hook of, of life with a health issue, you got to stand back up, right? And don't be afraid to ask for support, and don't be afraid – that people don't be afraid. You have to look past your fear. You have to be, be ready to get a no, or no one can help, or you don't know where to look. The answers are everywhere. So stand tall and go out. And the, the fortunate thing about this day and age, you have the internet and you have this technology. You can very easily in a matter of moments connect with the best doctors and medical facilities in the world to just say, here's my situation. What do you think? And that's what we did. No, 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 no. And then yes. And so just stand tall and and just ask questions. And if you feel stupid, then ask the question because it's probably a good question. And then you'll get the answer. There's no stupid question. The one mistake, if you can make a mistake, which you really can't, is to not ask a question. And then ask for help if you want it. Sometimes help can be too much. We were fortunate we lived by ourselves in Arizona. Our family was on the East Coast because people want to help and it can be overwhelming. So also don't be afraid to kind of tell people no, like I need my space. I need to be, collect myself mentally because if people keep coming in to help, which is awesome, sometimes it can have an adverse effect.
1: I agree. I wrote about that in my book as well, because, you know, you need a support crew, but you absolutely need some boundaries and knowing, you know, you know your own need and then have some boundaries with the people because it's very disempowering when people try and believe they're coming from a place of love and support, but they start taking over and it's disempowering for the person who's unwell. So yeah, thank you. That's really helpful. Yeah. Um, and so what are your tips for living fabulously
2: well again for me it's 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 pay attention to what's up here and it's also pay attention to what you put in your body because I for a fact know that our thoughts create things most people live their lives thinking all the things that we see create our thoughts it's actually the reverse everything we think about manifests we create our destination so be aware of your thoughts. And this is something to help people understand it is in my latest book, I talk about what I call the mosh pit of your mind. And this is really for for maybe younger people that don't understand this meditation stuff and affirmation stuff. But I've been in mosh pits at rock and roll concerts and people just jump around and it's scary and it's violent and there's thousands or hundreds of people jumping around. Our minds process over 50,000 thoughts a day, Bev. And for me, my mosh pit was over, overly negative for a long time. And I realized that, well, all this self-talk, and I did a few um, assemblies at my daughter's school, and I saw the kids thinking this way in first grade. We're, we are sometimes our worst enemy, and we're so mean to ourselves, and our thoughts, is like a, it's like a mosh pit. And then one day you say, well, let's say I love myself and I'm proud of you. And what happens is all the negative thoughts stomp on it. And then this positive thinking doesn't work. And so people say it doesn't work. And then they go about their lives thinking they don't have a choice and wonder why everything stinks. So the mosque of your mind is a fascinating place. And I still get negative thoughts. And the fun thing is I throw these silly little affirmations in there and I have a little fun with it. And my affirmations basically kick the negative thoughts to the side and my day's awesome. And it works, but it, it took a long time. So this is a long answer to your question. So to shorten it, it's, it's, you pay attention to your thoughts and also take care of you. And you, and if you feel that you make an excuse, as many people do, that they don't want to change their diet because it's too expensive, which is the typical excuse. Uh, And this is brutally to the truth of it are you willing to pay thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars when you're diagnosed with a disease that's going to threaten your life why wouldn't you invest a couple extra dollars to actually avoid that from happening that's a awful way direct way to say it which I learned from a chiropractor friend of mine why wouldn't you invest in yourself today by saying nice things to you and spending a couple extra dollars on the right food exactly because when you cleanse your body your body's never craving anything else because it receives the nourishment that it's supposed to and it goes along its day energized and it's not fatigued the same thing with your mind if i feed it toxic thoughts i'm going to have a toxic life so there are my yeah. two tips just be aware and be nice to yourself physically and mentally
1: yeah and the thing is 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 it's so true i see You know, when we talk about organic food, people say, oh, it's so expensive compared to the other stuff on the shelf. And I say, well, it's your insurance. It's Mm -hmm. your insurance to protect your body. And you'd be very happy to pay insurance for your car, for your house, when you travel. So why don't you pay that insurance for your health? So that's to me where it it fits in. And you can find Tom Corner at his website. It's tomcorner.net and also on Facebook, tomcorner.inspire, and I'll put these in the show notes. So, Tom, thank you so much for being with me today. I feel really inspired about the freedom of my choices because that's the truth of it, is that when faced with a difficult situation, there's never one way, you know, we can step back and either ask for help, like you mentioned, or actually see things from a different lens. And when we do that, this, that's empowering you know so you also talked about really what I would call persistence you never gave up in the face of those no's that commitment and resolve to be well and healthy that belief was powerful enough to actually go the distance on the nose so I think for anyone listening you know if you finding yourself in that difficult space there's always choice and the choice is yours to make your choices might not, other people might not agree with, and that doesn't matter. This is your life, and this is what matters to you. So, Tom, thanks so much for inspiring us today.
2: Thank you, Bev. And if, if I may say real quick, always remember on the, on the other side of a no is a yes. So, always remember that. And pain is a wrong perspective. So, I'll leave your listeners with that. Pain is a wrong perspective.
0: Brilliant. Thank you for that, Tom. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, and I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev, or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.